complimentary power moves that you can do in the office or on the field or wherever your octagon or dojo of life happens to be. On the house, courtesy of Emerson Dameron, LA's number one avant-garde motivational speaker, if you see somebody you want to get some leverage on and that person asks you if you're having a nice day, say the best day of the rest of your life. They may not like you, but they will damn sure respect you. If you realize that you've said too much and you regret what has tumbled out of your mouth, say to the assembled, I trust you because you are wise enough to keep my secrets. That will shut them up good. This is Emerson Dameron, LA's number one avant-garde motivational speaker and host of Emerson Dameron's Medicated Minutes on K-Chung, kchungradio.org, medicated-minutes.com. I love you personally. Levity saves lives. You're listening to Emerson Dameron's Medicated Minutes, a production of K-Chung, 1630 AM in Chinatown, Los Angeles, kchungradio.org. Dedicated site for the show is medicated-minutes.com. I am Emerson Dameron, your host, writer, producer, performer, the man behind the scenes and on the scene of the show who is entirely responsible for its content, medicated-minutes.com, kchungradio.org, LA all day, levity saves lives. Hey, I haven't met you yet. What are you up to? Trying to catch some rays out here? Yeah, it's a little overcast. I love the hazy days in Los Angeles. I like the existential reverb. It's different. You know, we get a lot of sun, a lot of warmth. A little gray cool helps offset things and provide some contrast. I like that. You seem interesting already. <laughs> but what's your uh, what's your project out here? What brings you to the edge of the earth? Yeah, I get that. It is it is it is vital vitally important to make time for just hanging out, especially with this glorious tableau that we have. Love it. I love having this as my backyard. It's anytime I feel like complaining or I'm off on something that needs explaining. I just think about where I live and where we live, and I feel better immediately. Love the sand. Can't wait to go barefoot again. Yeah, I could do it right now. I'm saving it. You know, I've, uh, I admit I've become a bit of a hypochondriac with the whole plague that's going on at the moment. And I think I've been putting off some of the good feelings that I want to have. 
Like, I've been reluctant to engage with people. I've been uh, putting off, just taking off my shoes and feeling the sand between my toes because I've been wanting to hold out hope that there's going to be a time when all those things are easier. And maybe, maybe that's not going to happen. There's scary stuff going on. We can't predict the future. Humans are very, very bad at predicting the future. We do it anyway. We're almost always wrong. I want to believe that better times are in the offing. But I don't want to let that keep me from feeling the sand between my toes right now. So let's do that. Let's walk together barefoot on Venice Beach. Let's follow these uh, webbed footprints. See what our winged friends are up to. You know, that looks like total freedom, but they got to be concerned about natural predators. Storms, all sorts of things. They might be envious of us walking together, hanging out a few hours with nothing to do. So I might be uh, going out on a limb here, and forgive me if I'm being presumptuous, but you seem like you have a very rich inner life that maybe you uh, wanted to share with other people, but sometimes uh, you've shared a little bit too much and maybe gotten hurt as a result. Is that, is that, am I, uh, am I hot or cold? Little, little hot, little cold, nice contrast. Some of both worlds feels good. I feel good about that. I feel better just right now. You know, I was kind of discombobulated earlier. I was in a mood. I was upset about something. I don't remember what it was, but just hanging out, walking, talking, getting to know you makes me feel better. Just reminds me that anytime we get out and engage, turn a stranger into a friend, we open up a whole different world of nearly infinite complexity. That's something to get up and get out for, I believe. That sailboat out on the horizon. I went out in a boat uh, recently. Well, not recently. I haven't done a whole lot of anything out there recently. 
this was before the world ended. It was on the 4th of July. I uh, took a boat ride out of Marina Del Rey with a group so we could watch the fireworks go off from out in the water. And I got seasick. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not proud of it. I'm not ashamed. It's something that happened. It doesn't happen every time I get on a boat. <laughs> this is a special situation. A lot of different factors came together and I got very sick and nauseated. And I got through it by basically by turning it into a psychedelic experience. I, I just took the assumption that this was a brutal mirror that was showing me some part of myself that was scary, that was something I had not acknowledged before, but that it was time, because I don't think anything comes up until you're ready to handle it. And there was some kind of message in there, in this clenched nausea that I was experiencing that would show me a better way to live and give me some insight that would be useful for me and for others in my life. The rest of the people in the group were uh, just hanging out and talking. I think at first it was me and, and one other person who got seasick and they, uh, our companions kind of hung out with us for a while and comforted us, but then they just left us to rest. And I could hear them talking about uh, other stuff that was going on in their lives, in the world, flirting, making plans to go do things. And I was uh, feeling sick for a while, but it started to... Um, the nausea started to taper off, and then I was just chilling. You know, there's a period where you're kind of still not feeling top shelf, and you're starting to recover. And there's a sense of relief, because you know, you sense that you've gotten through the worst of it, and you're starting to get less wrapped up in your own feelings and your own uh, feelings about your feelings, which is where the real suffering comes from. Uh, you, can, uh, you can feel nauseated and sick and be in a lot of pain, but it doesn't really start to hurt until you think that you shouldn't be feeling this way. It's that idea that you should be feeling differently that causes a lot of the problems and I was starting to let go of that, at least. So I still didn't feel great, but I found uh, places of resource in my body, areas that felt good or not as bad, at least. Like I can usually uh, rely on my breath to feel better if I need to. I can breathe way down into my belly and that's usually at least something that feels good. Even if a lot of 
the rest of my experience is unpleasant. And I can draw my consciousness into that place of resource that feels a little better or not as bad. And I can just be there and hang out there. And that is Emerson for right now. That's my base of operations. And I was just uh, hanging out in my belly and the bottoms of my lungs listening to these people banter and... You know, I wasn't quite ready to rejoin the group. I just wanted to hang out for a minute. So I just stayed there with my eyes closed. I didn't tell anyone right away. Didn't make a big announcement that I was feeling better or I was back. I just rested in the in-between zone. Felt the boat rocket. Listening to the uh, conversations that were going on as people started to get a little bit tipsy. And when it was time to re-engage, I did that with with my whole heart. You know it felt that way to me. I don't know. You you got to open up. You got to take a risk. You got to be there in that moment. And you might not get the appreciation that it feels like is justified by that risk and that commitment that you've taken, but you got to show up and practice and get in your uh, your reps, your at-bats, and then eventually, when the time is right and the setting is right and you're in the right mindset and it all comes together, you will have this beautiful feeling of connecting and bonding and acceptance. Not every time, but some of the time. That water is bracing cold. That will get you back into the moment. The Arctic current. Feel that. Yes! That's happening. That's undeniable. That's a physical reaction. That'll snap you back in. And then you can see over here these beautiful mountains tapering off out of uh, the range of what we can see. We're walking north in the direction of the city of Santa Monica on the side of variety of structures. It's a big building with faded pink and faded teal A little bit Miami style. 
always wondered why teal was so big in Miami and then I visited and looked out on the water and that's a color that you don't see in nature too often but when you do it's beautiful and then I came uh, all the way back west to Venice Beach and through a very unlikely series of circumstances of happenstance of things going according to plan and things not going according to plan and screw-ups and mistakes slipping on banana peels trial and error some success the development of some good habits the cessation of some bad habits a process of refinement and this and that and some other things as well and a lot of just luck I ended up here on this day at this hour at this moment hanging out with you feeling you start to open up wanting to give you the space to do that because I get the feeling you uh, have not always been comfortable with that process of opening up maybe you've been hurt maybe you're scared and overwhelmed and I know what that is and I know how that feels and it's exciting to be here when it's a little cloudy, a little gray, a little cold there's no guarantee that things are going to be okay and we don't have to feel okay it's just a process uh, seeing patterns in the world and figuring out what suits us accepting that we're going to get overwhelmed by this sense of unlimited possibility the vertigo of that and then just coming back and beholding this vastness stretching physically and then limbering up a little bit emotionally and intellectually following the webbed footprints in the sand feeling that nip in the air the breeze the bracing coolness of it on our skin being in right here in the same place at the same time having 
my own experience, understanding that you're having yours, that we could never uh, fully merge those things, but something is created in the space that we share. And I'm digging it. And I'm digging my fingers in the sand right now. I'm not gonna throw sand at you because I don't know you like that. Not yet. But I'm enjoying this. Uh-oh, there's a helicopter. Stop having fun. You're having fun. They're, they don't like that. They're going to put a stop to it. Wait, put your head down. Be boring. Stop being interesting. All right. We can start having fun again. I think those people at the beach are having way too much fun. That's probably who they're going after today. We can uh, only admire and aspire to that example of having that much fun on a weekday. I live in the Venice Beach part of Los Angeles. Not that it matters. Uh, it could be anywhere. It's the middle of a global pandemic and I am scared to go outside. And I could just as easily cower under my desk anywhere in the country and possibly the world if I could get my documents in order possibly save a lot of money that way but I'm not anywhere else I am here in Venice which is part of the city of Los Angeles although um, the topic of Vexit of Venice breaking off into its own city still comes up every now and then especially on slow news days I moved to Venice to heal some old wounds and to start a new life. And that has not happened yet. Time has moved slowly. And as I mentioned, I have been scared to leave the house for the most part. I do take walks on the beach. Occasionally, I will buy a cup of coffee from a vendor. Those are uh, not the highest risk activities, but they feel risky enough that I've not really been able to relax enough 
to either heal or to get started on a new life. But I do have some sense of optimism. I do not fancy myself a natural optimist. I wish I was. I think that most of the stuff that's getting done is getting done by the optimists. And if you're going to be part of a group, optimists are a good group to be part of because they're always doing interesting things. And I try to adopt some of the characteristics of an optimist just as a thought experiment, if nothing else. And uh, I have opened some boxes since I moved into my apartment in Venice, which for me represents a heroic commitment. Some of these boxes have been taped shut through the last three moves that I've made. So if I'm taking out things and putting them in places in the room, that does represent at least a uh, desire, a prerogative to start making a life, a new one, right? Life with some new elements, with some changes being gone through and being made on my part. And I am a little optimistic. I, I do think that there could be a renaissance at some point as the vaccine rolls out the lockdown loosens up a little bit it could happen I think there's going to be a lot of creative and libidinal energy that's been pent up and Venice is still Dionysian enough I think to accommodate some of that and there could be some amazing creative, jubilant, celebratory stuff happening here in the not impossibly distant future. I also know that historically, uh, parties tend to get awesome as soon as I leave. Uh, Whenever I leave a party too soon, I always hear stories about how amazing it got after I left. So... I do want to stick around. I want to see what happens. And at the very least, I can stay here and ruin it for everyone else with my presence. And that does indeed prevent awesome things from happening. Venice has gone through different phases and stages. Uh, Snapchat has moved out of its offices on Oceanfront Walk. So the um, Silicon Beach boom that was going on in Venice maybe has run its course a little bit. You don't hear nearly as much of people saying, keep Venice weird. Because it seems to be keeping itself weird. It's It has a weirdness that cannot be scrubbed away no matter how much they jack up the price of living here, no matter how many Pinkertons the tech companies hire to try to get rid of the homeless, uh, they can jack up the rents to the point where there are now two tiers of living in Venice. Uh, Tier one is dramatically overpriced. 
Tier 2 is absolutely free. Uh, you can pay thousands of dollars a month to live in a shoebox. Or you can live on the beach with showers and some amenities and a built-in social group. Absolutely free. I'm working hard to afford my apartment. I have a modest lifestyle, which I'm able to pay for through good fortune and some work. Some of it hard, some of it less so. But if the bottom falls out, then I'm already here. I only have to move a couple of blocks away. Oceanfront Walk is a few yards to the left of where I'm currently sitting. Oceanfront Walk is a tourist trap. Uh, It's the Venice Boardwalk, although it mostly does not have boards. Most of it is paved, at least until you get into the residential quiet zone, which is sandy. In the paved part, There are a lot of burger stands and places that sell toe rings and bottle openers and filthy t-shirts, like one with two skeletons having sex that says, love never dies. All of that stuff is dramatically overpriced, as it probably should be. A lot of the vendors on Oceanfront Walk have lots of one-star Yelp reviews, which I believe are left by people who are missing the point. As the, uh, the people that spend money on Oceanfront Walk are generally fools, and I include myself in this designation. And the purpose of Oceanfront Walk is to separate fools from their money. And spending money at an overpriced eatery and getting soggy french fries is one of the more pleasant ways to be separated from one's money on Oceanfront Walk. There are other ways that are a lot less pleasant than that. So to get ripped off for a, uh, a burger and fries on Oceanfront Walk is a life that is not as challenging as it could be. To my right, a few blocks down, is Abbott Kinney, which is the gentrified, walkable part of Venice. Uh, It's basically oceanfront walk for people who know what Pitchfork magazine is. And I have a confession to make. I do not hate Abbott Kinney as much as I feel like I'm supposed to. It's cute. There's cute stuff there. Some of it you can buy. And it's free to look in the window at the cute stuff. And I'm not the kind of person that gets hassled at Abbott Kinney, so I understand the argument for why it should not exist as it does, but I I don't feel the visceral hatred for it that I feel like I might under different circumstances. 
And I, I don't know how things are going to pan out. I, I think that the pandemic is going to be an equalizer and the kind of the sense that the arc of real estate is short and bends sharply toward gentrification is not necessarily going to be true in a sustained way. I think that things could be dramatically different. And a lot of the changes that we've seen are permanent. I don't even remember what life in January 2020 was like, so I don't know what's going to happen. I know Abbott Kinney is kind of right between stages three and four of urban gentrification. The four stages of urban gentrification, if you don't know, are number one, brown people, number two, white people, number three, white people pushing strollers, and number four, brown people pushing white babies in strollers. Abbott Kinney is somewhere between three and four, and I don't know if it's gonna go all the way. I don't know what Venice is gonna be like a year from now. I'm not totally sure what it's like on this day, at this hour. I don't know what I believe. I'm confused. I'm not sure what the hell is going on in the world right now. I know it feels important to get comfortable with the sort of weirdness that I think I may be absorbed by at some point. And I think being here with um, some of the uh, risky, edgy, manic energy on the street outside of my building is healthy and good because I have a feeling that I could be encroached upon and possibly absorbed by that energy at some point. And I want to be prepared if there's a celebration or if there is what feels like chaos because it's so different from what we've become accustomed to. I want to be ready. Uh, I was very squeamish and scared as a child. I tended to be scared of everything. I was hypersensitive, and much of my life since then has been an ongoing effort, a project of self-desensitization, of being up close with things that feel dangerous or weird or different, an effort to understand or at least numb out to get comfortable with those things. At times, this effort has been facilitated, accelerated, and aided by the use of drugs. Everyone is on drugs all the time, whether it's caffeine or oxygen or um, the dopamine hits we get from the scrolling in the morning and getting likes and all of those things are drugs. 
And there are not good drugs and bad drugs, I don't think. I think that there is the interaction that happens with the use of a substance in certain circumstances with the availability or lack of availability of coping resources. And all of those variables have fluctuated wildly in my life throughout the course of it, uh, to the point where I uh, would be swinging pretty low if I made some declarations about what's good and what's bad. There are just too many factors at play to be that arrogant, in my opinion. I do have a sense that Venice is full of really good drugs and that there may be some excellent, powerful drugs very close to where I'm sitting right now. There may be people overhearing me at this moment who are on some amazing drugs. Certainly, uh, if I look out the window, uh, somebody in eye shot is tripping balls in the best possible way. And there's a part of me that very much wants to be a part of that. But I've been spending a lot of time alone. My social skills have atrophied. And I don't know if I'm friendly or charming or well-connected enough to get those drugs. If people would trust me enough to let me into that club. So I may have to work on that. And in the meantime, I can simply breathe. Do some Wim Hof breathing, get charged up with oxygen. And just notice that and feel that and ride that wave. And later on, I can mask up and walk out take a walk just a little bit to the left of where I'm sitting right now and my backyard is the beach and uh, that is wonderful I could not in good conscience complain about that I think that my self-esteem may be both too low and too high I think um I overestimate what I'm capable of. I tend to believe that I have amazing potential. But nobody really experiences that except for me. And I think that I may overestimate it and experience it a little bit too much to the point where it hurts my self-esteem in the realm of who I really am and what's really going on and diminishes my enjoyment of life and keeps my self-esteem artificially low in the realm of what am I really doing? What's really going on? What's, what is my world in uh, reality? Reality being 
What does not go away when you stop believing in it? To paraphrase Philip K. Dick. So I'm going to deepen my breathing a little bit. One of the best things that I ever heard in therapy was a therapist that I went to see in college remarked that I seemed like a shallow breather. Becoming aware of that prompted me to breathe a little bit more deeply, which I've been doing. And that has a way of opening up the lived experience. Sometimes I'm not comfortable in my body. Sometimes it feels like I'm wearing a cheap suit. And breathing to the point where my belly moves out and then going a little longer on the exhale, which is not the Wim Hof style, at least not until the end, but you can breathe however you want to breathe. And so can I. There are breathing techniques that one can experiment with. You can do holotropic breath work, which is basically hyperventilating and to the point where some people have a psychedelic experience. Or so they say. I think, for me, the best thing about holotropic breath work is it's an excuse to scream and cry for an hour to three hours and to not be judged for doing that because you're in a room full of people that are also doing that. And that's good. It's important to find groups and tribes of people where we can uh, try new things. And it's okay because those people are trying those new things with us. And I think Venice... Venice Beach is a wonderful place for that and for a lot of other things. So I'm glad to be here. You know, if your entire experience of kicking it in the world right now consisted of hanging out on oceanfront walk in Venice Beach. You could not be blamed for not knowing that we're in the midst of a global pandemic or near the end of a global pandemic or possibly at the beginning of a series of global pandemics and various balrogs dredged up by the effects of climate change or indeed anywhere inside of a global pandemic. You might wonder why everybody's got masks on, except that not everybody's got masks on. Uh, a lot of people don't. Seems like possibly fewer than before. You might wonder why a lot of the storefronts are boarded up. I just think that there's an economic downturn independent of other conditions. But you'd see a lot of people out. You'd see them manifesting a lot of manic energy, some of them in good moods, some of them in bad moods. But nobody really seems to be 
keeping their head down, per se. The dream of the 80s is alive on Oceanfront Walk in Venice Beach. As a good friend recently observed, we've got kids skateboarding. We got break dancing. There's a roast comic who performs out on Oceanfront Walk and roasts passers-by. People on roller skates. Just a feeling of celebration and a certain a certain kind of sexiness. Not exactly glamour the way that you would think about it. An elegant shabbiness to this saga. There's nobody uh, lifting on Muscle Beach right now. That is closed down. Uh, it's bright orange facade is closed up, bolted up. But there's no sign that it's not coming back. There are couples walking on Oceanfront Walk. Lots of t-shirts for sale of varying degrees of quality and filthiness. Hang loose Venice Beach. Says a shirt with a hand with the three fingers closed down and the pinky and thumb extended. Palm trees and flags are catching the breeze. Some of the murals are obviously put there by advertisers, others by street artists with no clear line of demarcation between the two. Bright colors, bright pink, blue, electric red, purple and violet on a uh, floral design, I believe, symbolizing a chakra. Old structures being torn down. Sometimes they'll sit there for a long time with indications that they're going to be torn down and then all of a sudden they're gone. When new structures are built in their places, that process can take a while. CBD and souvenirs. Or you used to need a prescription to buy weed in California. Pretty much everyone is anxious, so that usually worked. And, uh... The city council forgot to come up with rules for where you could open a weed store. So for a minute, about 10 years ago, we had more weed stores in LA than Starbucks franchises. Some of them were across from high schools or in other less than entirely agreeable locations. Here's a candy store that usually has the most 
peppy, upbeat music you could possibly want. There's a light changing from red to blue, letting you know that there are slushies and lemonade and ice cream and funnel cakes available. Even now, some things are sustainable, some things endure. It's a rainy day, might get a little drizzly later. Birds feeding off of the food that falls away when people try to eat and walk at the same time. People stalking the walk. Walking fast to burn off some nervous energy or to build some muscle or just because it feels good. Or walking slowly. Slow power moves, letting the world know that you're not on anyone else's schedule and you don't have to be anywhere until you feel like arriving there. A lot of storefronts temporarily shut down. Possibly coming back. Hard to know unless you know the right people to ask. And you have the incentive to ask them. I guess everything is temporary, including the closure of businesses. They're bound to reopen again on some other plane of existence. Burgers, pizza, ice cream, hot dogs are available. There's an ATM inside. A cash-only policy in effect. Basketball rim and a backboard with no net. So you have to make your own swish sound when you score two points. You can rent a bike. Just be careful not to hit anybody. And if you do, make sure that it's not a child because people don't like that. You get tacos, suntan lotion. There's a fashion factory. Henna tattoos are available along with posters. Luggage and handbags. And Chinese massage. Body massage and foot massage. Next door to the kettle corn corner. Venice Beach where people travel for thousands of miles from around the world just to hang out 
and practice their affectations. Fresh fruit is available. Don't know how fresh it is now. Maybe it was fresher some time ago. Not sure where it is anymore on the spectrum of freshness. Lots of people getting high on Oceanfront Walk. There's a general ambiance of a certain kind of self-consciously tacky unreality that's proud to be what it is. There's a man sweeping in front of his storefront. People on the phone. Couple walking together. The man is wearing a mask, the woman is not. Maybe she already had COVID. Maybe she doesn't care about COVID. Maybe COVID is not really happening. I think that it is. I'm not entirely sure. I am entirely sure that COVID is not only happening to me. Although sometimes it can feel as though that's the case. I yearn for whatever is next. I sometimes worry that perhaps I have a fixation on the notion of ending things. That many of my experience in life have been primarily about just getting those experiences over with so that I can go on to my real prize, which is recollecting those experiences and tranquility. That could encourage my lack of a sense of embodiment, feeling of dissociation, of disconnection from my corporal reality. And that's a loss. I've lost a lot in that way. I can't get back the time of my life. I can't re-experience the same sensations again. Trying to set up similar scenarios so that I can do that is frustrating at best. And it paradoxically distracts me from the time and the sensations of my life that I have left, that I have right now. But then I don't want to beat myself up about that. Because that only exacerbates the dilemma. So, instead, I slow down slow down the breathing, slow down the talking, 
and notice this full mural on the side of a building which depicts hamburger toppings. Fish and chips, cheeseburger and fries, soft serve, chocolate dipped cones and funnel cakes are all available. Sneakers are for sale. When I was a child, my mother discouraged me from wearing white shoes. She knew I would get them dirty and that the white shoes would showcase the filth that I brought upon them. And since then, I've had a, an uneasiness about owning white products. I don't own white cars, never have. I don't wear white clothing on a regular basis. If I can avoid it, I don't. White chocolate is all right, but I prefer dark chocolate, all things considered. And I try to live in vivid color. Although I can't really pull off purples, pinks, highlighter yellow. Most of that doesn't really work with my eyes and my skin. It's one of those hazy days. The hazy day feeling. Floating. And I'm slowing it down. And the clouds are moving around and now it's sunny and sandy. And I love being this close to the ocean. I find it very soothing and grounding. Makes me feel like part of a large and ongoing natural process of things. Pretty soon I'm gonna have to start wearing glasses. Fortunately, there's a place I can buy them. I can also get my taxes done and get a smoothie right here. I noticed my eyesight was deteriorating a few years ago after I had pancreatitis. It kind of went over a cliff. And as I was driving around Los Angeles, I had to squint to read the freeway signs. My roommate at the time observed that I was squinting and stumbling a bit and generally overcompensating for deteriorating eyesight. So now I wear glasses when I drive. But usually not when I walk. Because I don't really want to be the man who wears glasses. 
but I am surrounded by beautiful and wonderful things in uh, spectrums of colors, ranges of complexity and detail, and my perception of them tapers off even before they're, they're filtered through my own biases and beliefs and experiences the way that by the time anything gets to my consciousness, it has been. I don't think I'm going to live forever. I've made peace with that. And I'd like to enjoy as fully and robustly as I am able the time that I have left, the experiences before me on or off of Oceanfront Walk in Venice Beach in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles County, California, in the United States, on the continent of North America, on the planet Earth. And I might be able to do that better if I was willing to suck it up and put on my glasses. I may need those glasses on my face. I may need to face that. I'm Emerson Dameron. I'm the creator, producer, writer, performer, and sole proprietor of Emerson Dameron's Medicated Minutes, and I'm entirely responsible for its content. Emerson Dameron's Medicated Minutes is a production of Keichung, 6.30 a.m. in Chinatown, Los Angeles, keichungradio.org on the World Wide Web. Dedicated site for the show is medicated-minutes.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Emerson Dameron. You can follow me on the 110, the 105, the 405, the 10, the 5, various other freeways. Levity saves lives.